The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Take our Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want to speak tonight on how to fall in love and stay in love uh, with the Lord. Um, I remember in Revelation uh, talking about one of the churches I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. How to fall in love with and stay in love with the Lord. I think falling in love can be easier than staying in love. Uh, How to fall in love, stay in love with your wife, your spouse, your husband, but mainly tonight, how to fall in love uh, and stay in love with your church. How to fall in love and stay in love with your church. And I understand that I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You're here uh, on a Monday night. It's the second speaker. It's 820. Uh, You're in love with your church. I get that. Uh, But I think that this can be more, uh, not corrective, but preventive maintenance as we look at, uh, look at verse number 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. Now, she's a great woman that had a great wealth. She did a great work, and she gained a great reward. Look at it. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. Shunem was on that road that Elisha took uh, often from Mount Carmel where he lived down to Jezreel uh, where he ministered. Mount Carmel kind of his home base. Jezreel went to the school of the prophets. And so uh, as he traveled down and traveled back, he passed her. As he traveled down and traveled back, he passed her. And the Bible says that she constrained him to eat bread. This great woman, this great woman, Uh, She was an unnamed woman. You'll never find her name, but the servant always is such. She was a servant that served a servant that served Elijah. Chapter 3, Elisha was called the one that poured water over the hands of Elijah. And I think she's great because she was a servant. And by the way, that's how we fall in love, and that's how we stay in love with our church, with the work of God. Uh, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Uh, over and over and over, the Lord admonishes us. In fact, look at it again. Uh, it fell on a day. It, it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And, and so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Uh, are you accustomed to taking notes? If you are, put down point number one. Uh, she was a true servant in that she purposefully served. She, she purposefully served. Uh, look at verse number, verse number eight again. It says, it fell on a day. It, it fell on a day. She purposefully served. Uh, this wasn't something that was by accident. And uh, two renderings on this, one of those was uh, she saw the opportunity. It wasn't pre-planned. And uh, if that be the case, she was a true servant because as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. And so whether she had it planned and scheduled and, uh, and, and, and pretty much uh, uh, on the daytimer or not, uh, she was serving. She was serving or it fell on a day, a, a pre-planned day. Uh, either way, she's purposefully serving. She's intentionally serving. Uh, she's making sure her mindset is on serving and serving uh, and serving It fell on a day, she's purposefully serving, put down point number two, it fell on a day, purposefully serving, that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him, 
She's not only purposefully serving, fall on a day, she's passionately serving. Passionately serving. She constrained him. Almost insisted of him. Almost demanded from him that he allows her to serve purposefully, fall on a day. Passionately, she constrained him. Number three, she's also practically serving. Not just purposefully and not just passionately. Look at it again, verse 8. It fell on a day purposefully. That Elisha passed to Shunem where it was a great woman. She constrained him, passionately serving. She constrained him to eat bread. To eat bread, practically serving. Practically serving, setting up chairs. Practically serving, cleaning up. Practically serving, vacuuming the carpet. Practically serving, helping greet people. Practically serving, helping hand out uh, flyers and bulletins practically serving. Hey, she had that kind of practicality to her, opposite of James 2.16, where if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of, of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, why, what good is that? She didn't just have a, a, a ooey-gooey heart's emotion, uh, someday uh, I'm probably going to serve. No, she, she purposefully served, she passionately served, she, she practically served. She was a servant. She was a servant Put down number four, not only was she purposefully serving at full on a day, she was, she was passionately serving, she constrained him, she, she, was, she was practically serving, it's not just theoretical, it's not just hypothetical, uh, no, she'd show up on a Saturday and serve, she'd show up on a Sunday and serve, she'd show up on an off day uh, and serve the Lord, she was practically serving, number four, she was persistently, persistently Serving. Look at verse number 8 again. Fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Fell on a day purposely. Where it was a great woman and, and she constrained him passionately to eat bread practically. And, and so it was that as often as he passed by, every time he passed by, persistently, there wasn't a time that he passed by that she didn't constrain him to eat bread. And by the way, not only was she a servant, I get the fact that Open Door Bible Baptist Church, I want to commend you. You can't have a revival like this without a whole lot of hearts to serve. Uh, Cleaning up the property, rearranging schedules, uh, preparing, uh, ministering, serving, blessing. Uh, I want to commend you. Uh, The greatest of these is a servant in Christ, of course, it was mentioned already, who being in the form of God, thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. For though I be free from all men, I've made myself a servant unto all. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants for his sake. And all of us want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's the sermon. Uh, She was serving. She was serving. She was serving purposefully, uh, serving uh, passionately, serving practically, serving persistently. Look at verse number nine. And she said unto her husband, as she's serving, Behold, now, now, now that I'm serving. I I, I didn't see this until I was serving. I I didn't, look at it. Behold, now I, say the word, perceive. Now that I'm serving, I perceive. Now that I'm serving, I'm seeing. I wasn't seeing before I was serving, but now that I'm purposefully, practically, passionately, persistently serving, behold, now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. Number five, a true servant will be perceptively seeing. 
perceptively seeing. Behold now, now that I'm serving, now that I'm serving, wasn't until now, wasn't until now that I jumped in, rolled up my sleeves, dove in neck deep, serving the Lord, serving his people. It wasn't until then, now, that I perceived a few things. In fact, two things. Put down number one, she perceived the nature of the prophet. The nature of the prophet. Look at it in verse number nine. She said unto her husband, Behold, now that I'm serving purposefully, and now that I'm serving uh, uh, passionately, and now that I'm serving practically, and now that I'm serving persistently, behold, now I perceive, look at it, that this is a holy man of God. Now that I'm serving, I'm seeing. Now that I'm serving, I'm seeing. What's interesting to me is she never heard him preach, but she saw She never saw him do one miracle, but she saw. The serving always sees so much more. Behold, now now that I'm serving, I'm seeing, behold, a holy, a holy, he's a holy man of God. Never heard him preach, yet she perceived. In fact, she never saw, look at uh, chapter 2, if you will. Turn back to chapter 2 quickly. Chapter 2, look at verse number 14. She never saw him perform a miracle, part the Jordan River, but... Because she's serving. Look look at verse number 14. Uh, When Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind of fire, a chariot, and and Elisha took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? This is Elisha doing this. This is the one she's serving doing this. And uh, when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. Uh, And Elisha went over. And, And when the sons of the prophets, which were to, next word, view, they saw that, they saw that miracle, they saw Elisha do that, to view at Jericho, when they saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha, and they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Understand, she wasn't there on that day. She didn't see that miracle. She didn't see that working of God. She didn't see the hand of God, the blessing of God, the miraculous working of God. But because she was serving, she could say, Behold, now I perceive this is a holy man of God. The serving are always seeing so much more. Never heard him preach, yet she perceived. Never saw him part the Jordan, yet she perceived. Never saw him cure the bitter waters, chapter 2, yet she perceived. Never saw him multiply the widow's oil, chapter 4, yet she perceived. Never sat in one sermon But she served, she served, she served. Never saw the sensational, but she served. Never heard a sermon, but she served. And the serving always see so much more. By the way, look at the end of chapter 2. There's 42 young men that see the exact same person that she saw. But those 42 young men weren't serving, were they? They weren't serving, they were scorning. They weren't serving, they were souring. They weren't serving, they were sitting. Those 42 young men, when they saw the exact same person, remember what they said? They said, go up, thou bald head. Anybody remember that? Go up, thou bald head. Hey, same person. Same person that she saw, but you don't see unless you're serving. You don't see unless you're serving. I remember Job's friends when... Uh, Job lost it all. Uh, and Job's friends, they started out pretty good sitting with him and, 
and weeping with those that weep, but then they opened their mouth and they started criticizing and criticizing and criticizing. And you're not living right. You're not praying for your kids, and that's why. And what well, you think you're and this and that, and you have sin and just everything they said. What they said about Job tells me nothing about Job, but it tells me a whole lot about them. Hey, God already told me about Job. He's a man that fears God. He's a man that eschews evil. Uh, He's a man that's perfect and upright. There's none like him in all these. Hey, God already told me about Job. What these critics are saying about Job, tell me nothing about him, but they tell me a whole, it it tells, listen, it, it tells, how they see him tells me a whole lot about them, because to the pure, all things are pure, but to the unbelieving and defiled is not anything pure. Even their conscience is defiled. And so here they are, sitting, souring, scorning, seeing the same one that she saw, but understand, she's serving purposefully, serving passionately, serving practically, she's serving persistently, and the serving always sees so much more. Would you say that with me? The serving always sees so much more. Say it with me. The serving always sees so much more. Behold, now that I'm serving, I see that this is, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. Number one, she saw the nature of the prophet. Put down number two, she also saw the need for the project. Not just the nature of the prophet. Behold, now I perceive, holy man of God. Holy man of God. Hand of God's on him. Uh, The blessings of God are on him. The word of God is heard through him. A holy man of God. But then also the need for the project, verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Uh, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool uh, and a candlestick. And, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell in a day, fell in a day, that he came thither. And, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Not only did she see, as she's serving, as she's sweeping or picking up garbage or vacuuming floors or setting up chairs or handing out tracts or ushering or singing in the choir or teaching a class or working in the nursery. Hey, when she's serving, she's seeing the nature of the prophet, holy man of God, holy man of God. She's also seeing the need for the project. If she wasn't serving, she would not have been seeing. Does anybody believe that? Want me to prove it to you? Turn to John chapter 2. Turn to John chapter 2. The book of John chapter number 2. The serving always. They always see so much more. In John chapter 2, it's the the marriage in Cana of Galilee. It's the first miracle that Christ performs publicly. And both Jesus, verse 2, John 2, 2. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had lacked, wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the what? The what? Say it. The the servants. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's what servants do. That's what servants do. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them. Question. Who's that there? He saith unto them. Who is that? That's the servants. He saith unto them, the servants, fill the water pots with water, and they, the servants, fill them up to the brim, and he saith unto them, the servants, 
draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And they, the servants bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not. He knew not whence it was. The governor of the feast had no idea the miraculous workings of God. Why? Because he wasn't serving. He was sitting, self-centered, self-serving. What can I get out of this? And what am I? What's being done for me? That, that entitlement, and they, they serve me. They need to serve me. Those that are sitting, they're not seeing the handiwork of God. But those that are, look at it. And they, the servants, bear it, verse 9, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the, say it, servants which drew the water, they knew, they saw, they praised God for with that family that got saved, that person that got baptized, the new visitors over here. How God blessed there, and God's growing them, and that marriage is mended, and how, how God's reaching them. All that God's doing, the servants always see so much more. In fact, it closes with verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, not to everyone. We beheld the glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, but everyone didn't see it. Only those that are serving, the serving always see so much more. Is anybody with me so far? She's purposefully serving. It fell on a day. Uh, She's passionately serving. She constrained him. Practically serving to eat bread. Persistently serving as often as he passed by. Behold, now that I'm serving... Boy, I'm seeing how great a place this is. I'm seeing how the hand of God is on this place. I'm seeing how God's blessing and God's growing and how God's God's just doing miracles here. She saw the nature of the prophet, holy man of God, holy man of God. It's always shocking to me how two people can sit in the exact same pew at Rosedale Baptist Church uh, hear the exact same preacher, the exact same sermon, uh, and one of them walk out and say, ah, I didn't see anything special. No, that's no big deal there. And Oh, yeah, I didn't see anything. And they walk away, just sour, 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 criticizing. Uh, and someone that sits on the other end of that exact same pew, hearing the exact same preacher, listening to the exact same sermon, saying, boy, that's exactly what I needed. God bless Boy, God just spoke to my heart. That helped me in such a great way. God's word, God's word was so clear to me today. The difference is the preaching. It's not the sower that makes the difference. It's not the seed that makes the difference. It's the soil, the soil. It's the soil that makes the difference. And the soil that's sitting and souring. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, sitteth, sitteth in the seat. By the way, that sitting position, you can't really see. You don't have a really good view at what God's doing. When you're sitting and and self, self self-centered and and just kind of souring, you'll be uh, scorning because you can't see the handiwork of God. It's when you're up on your feet serving the Lord, boy, that's when you're seeing the blessings and the miracles, and the handiwork of God, those are the ones that are seeing so much more. Usually, 
When I hear someone criticize, I, I usually think one of two things. I think, number one, uh, well, number one, I think they're not giving anything because uh, if they were giving anything, their heart would be there. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, and if your heart's there, you're not going to criticize a place where your heart is. And, and so the first thing I think of myself, listen, right up here, is they must not be giving anything. By the way, uh, I, I've, I've learned over the 20 years uh, that I've been at Rosedale, those that leave the church don't affect the church financially because they stopped giving to the church long before. The only way they could have left is if their giving left long ago. They get, they, hey, as soon as they pulled their wallet, as soon as they pulled their finances, as soon as they pulled their treasure, their heart started to slip. No wonder they could walk away. And so when I hear someone criticize, number one, I think, well, they must not be giving. Number two, they must not be serving because the serving always see so much more. Remember the Old Testament tabernacle? The Old Testament tabernacle just was incredible. Uh, Every piece of it, picture the Lord Jesus Christ. You had the door, and of course Jesus said, uh, I am the door. Uh, You have the, the menorah, the candelabra that has six branches coming out of the trunk that are even six number of man. And, of course, uh, that middle branch being uh, higher than the rest, uh, six number of man. Uh, I am the vine, ye are the branches. I am the light of the world, ye are the light of the world. Hey, it pictures Christ perfectly. You're walking through. Uh, the Bible says that, that the priest, the high priest, boy, did the service, the service, the service in the tabernacle. Uh, there's the table of showbread. Of course, Christ is the bread that cometh down from above. And then uh, you have the altar of incense. He ever liveth to make Christ, ever liveth to make intercensory, intercensory, intercessory prayer for us. Then the veil that was ripped into top to bottom. Uh, when Christ died on the cross, uh, his body, his flesh was a veil. Uh, inside of the veil, the Holy of Holies. Boy, there he, the mercy seat, the mercy seat. I love the fact that, yes, the broken commandments are in the Ark of the Covenant, but it's covered by the mercy seat, that blood atonement. When God looks down on us, he doesn't look at us directly by the commandments we've broken. He looks on us by way of the blood of Jesus Christ, the mercy seat. Romans says, chapter 4, talks about Christ. He is the propitiation. He is the propitiation. In Romans 4, where that word's used, it's different than most, only used two times in the New Testament. In Hebrews, it's rendered mercy seat. He is our mercy seat. Uh, When you're walking through and you're doing the service, you're doing the service, it's praise the Lord for the candelabra, praise the Lord for the the, the table of showbread and the altar of incense, boy, the veil, and boy, all the angels embroidered and all of the fabric. You know, there is one place, though, that's not glorious. There is one place that's just kind of ordinary. In in fact, if you decide to sit down, I think it's interesting that there's no seat in the tabernacle, except the mercy seat. That's not for us. That's just the kind of glory of God hovering over uh, that pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. Uh, That's God's seat. There's no place for us to sit, but if we decide to go ahead, instead of serving, boy, I put in my time. Instead of serving... I taught Sunday school 10 years ago. Instead of serving, boy, I used to do the nursery. I used to could. And, and we decide, instead of serving, we decide to sit down, maybe lean up against uh, the altar of incense or the table of showbread. You know, the one place where there's not a beautiful picture of Christ, no place in the Old Testament will you ever see a floor covering for the tabernacle. 
And, and so if you choose to stop serving and start sitting, you can look down and start digging in the dirt if you want to. Just digging around in the dirt and, boy, dirt, and I, I don't see the miracles, and I, I don't see the pictures of Christ, and I, I don't see what's one, boy, just digging around in the dirt. And if that's how you choose to live your Christian life, digging around in the dirt, hey, you'll find what you're looking for. He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are but dust. Boy, as long as there's someone in the pulpit that's dust, and there's people in the pews that are dust. Uh, I tell Rosedale, I say, uh, we're an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor. And that's when usually they say, amen, yeah, you're right about that. And, and an imperfect, and I say, and an imperfect people also. Uh, but we're an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor and an imperfect people. But we're serving a perfect Savior who's perfecting us every step of the way. It's your choice. Every time we've done a build, every time we've started a ministry, every time we've expanded, every time we've, we've stretched out to do more for the Lord, unfortunately, Rosedale has always fall, fallen into two groups. Uh, one group is over here, and it's usually the smaller group, praise the Lord, usually the smaller group, uh, those that are just sitting and, what do I get out of it? What, what me, me, it's all about me, that entitlement. Uh, they'll, they'll sit over here and, and sour and score, and I don't see why we need to build, or I don't see why we need to uh, renovate that, or I don't see why. Uh, there's not really a need there. Well, of course you don't see it. You're sitting. You can't possibly have a good view to see. You can't see the handiwork of God. You're not seeing the need for the project. The other groups over here, the ones that are teaching class, the ones that are uh, working and cleaning and serving and ministering and greeting and ushering and singing, by the group over here saying, oh, praise the Lord. Boy, we need that. Boy, I remember the ones that got saved and those that are, those that are coming out and uh, those that are being paid. Hey, how God's blessing here, it always breaks into two categories, those that are serving and those that aren't. Those that are praising and those that don't. Those that see the handiwork of God and those that are sitting and souring and almost always end up scorning. The serving are always seeing so much more. Nature of the prophet, need for the project. In fact, look at verse number 10, if you will. Are you still there? 2 Kings chapter 4. This great woman... She had a great wealth. She did a great work. She received a great reward. Look at 10. Let us make a little chamber. She didn't just dream about it. It wasn't just a theoretical pie in the sky, and it would be great if we did this someday, somebody, somebody someday. No, no. She rolled up her sleeves, got busy doing it. She dreamt it, detailed it, donated to it. She delivered it. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. She dreamt it. She detailed it. She donated to it. She did it. Great it is to dream a dream when you stand at youth at a starry stream. But a greater thing is to work life through. A greater thing is to work life through and say at the end, the dream is true. I don't want to spend my Christian life just digging around in the dirt, just kind of sitting and souring and scorning. 
Boy, I want to get busy rolling up my sleeves serving the Lord. Let me give you the last point, point number six, okay? Quickly, point number six. It fell on a day purposefully serving. Uh, she constrained him. She was passionately serving. To eat bread, practically serving. That as often as he passed by persistently serving, behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God perceptively seeing, number six, a true servant is profitably securing. Profitably securing. Look at verse number 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Elisha said that, call this Shunammite, and when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all care. What is to be done for thee? Would it thou be spoken for to the king? I know him. Or captain of the host, we're good friends with him. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I'm good. I don't need anything. 14, and he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child. She hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. Those that are serving are seeing, and those that are serving are seeing and are securing spiritual offspring. Boy, spiritual offspring. I'm talking about more kids in their class and more people coming to their ministry and more people being blessed by what they're doing. Those that are serving are seeing, they're securing the blessings of God. Those that are sitting are souring and their spiritual lives are sterile. George Washington Gothels was tasked to build what others had tried and failed. They had uh, all kinds of corps of engineers on the project. They couldn't get it done. Panama Canal, they gave up on it. George Washington Gothels went down with a group of men and tried to do what no one had ever done. Uh, Of course, the American papers back home started mocking uh, General George Washington Gothel. Oh, yeah, let's see what he can do. And he, he's not going to get it done. And uh, there were so many negative uh, headlines that eventually Gothel's men came to him and said, uh, 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 Mr. Gothel's, do, do you see the headlines they're writing about us? And he said, yeah, Yes, I see them, he said, just kind of matter of fact. And well, 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 they're criticizing us. You see that they're criticizing us. Hey, they're, they're, they're mocking us. And yeah, yeah, I see that. And uh, aren't you going to say something about it? Yes, I'll, 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 I'll do something about that. And, and they went away. And about a week later, when when nothing was really done that they saw, uh, they came back again and showed him a, a newspaper, put it on his desk and said, Mr. Gothels, don't you see how they're still mocking us and uh, still laughing at us, saying it, it can't be done? And Gothels said, yes, I see that. I read that. And they said, well, aren't you going to do something? And he said, yes, I'm going to do something. And they said, well, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to answer my critics by building the Panama Canal. I'm going to answer my critics not by zipping off a letter or sending them a message. But those that say it can't be done, those that have tried and failed, I'm going to answer those critics by, by just rolling up my sleeve, diving in, by serving, serving the Lord. There's others that would have seen Elisha go from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. There's others that would have seen that. There, there's others that would have seen that need. They didn't do anything about it. Hey, she didn't wait for someone else to jump in. She said, there's a need there. There's a need there. There's a need there. Boy, there's a man serving the Lord. There's a man doing the work of God. Hey, I want to be a blessing. I, I want to serve with him to be a blessing to him 
and the serving, behold, now that I'm serving, behold, now that I'm serving. If someone's come to Rosedale for any length of time at all and are saying, I just don't see it, what's so special about it? I, you know, there's people that talk about just the spirit. and the, I, I just don't see it. Well, they're indicting themselves because the serving always sees so much more. How to fall in love with your church and stay in love with your church. It's one thing to fall in love, enamored by that puppy love, that, that, that just on the surface and being attracted by. How to fall in love and stay and stay. And stay in love with your church. Roll up your sleeves. Get busy. Volunteer for that nursery spot. Jump in. Help out. I'm talking about when no one else even knows. You show up on an off time and just serve, 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 serve. And I promise you, once you do that, you'll say, Behold, now, now that I'm serving, I perceive this is a holy man of God. This is a blessed place by the hand of God, because the serving, say it with me again, the serving always sees so much more. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.